welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things wellness. I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay Boyer, health enthusiast. Hello, welcome back, Renegades. Renegades. Welcome back. All right, this is episode... um, uh, I don't know our number, but weeks two and three of our keto journey. Week two, week three check-in. Yep, yep. see how are. it's going. Yeah. How, how's, how's it going for you? Okay. Yeah. Um. Good, good. Yes. I think it's going well. I feel good yeah. on it. Like, yeah. I think for me, the main things are I have way less bloating. Okay. Way less bloating. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I will talk about that in a moment from my experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, do it. Way less bloating Um. and... I have more energy. I definitely yes. feel more comfortable in my clothes. Yes. Like my clothes are fitting better. Yes. Which was nice. <laughs> and yes. then like I just overall feel better in my skin. Like that's kind of. And like I yes. do notice like my skin is definitely like healthier and happier. You're glowing. And, like, I will actually say. And you've got good. Thank you, you are glowing. Thank you. That's Thank true. <laughs> could be our halo light. It could be the halo yeah. light. <laughs> so yes. yeah, I feel good. I would say so. this was an interesting thing. I was just listening to a podcast on keto yesterday and with Dr. Gundry. And he was talking about how some people automatically have, um, the metabolic flexibility, which is what keto is aiming for. So they can metabolize carbs and they can switch and metabolize ketones. Okay. I am definitely not one of those people. Okay. Like I felt like the transition for, getting from metabolizing primarily carbohydrates to metabolizing the ketones was difficult because that first week that first week that we did like that that couple days I had like a headache which I think was a little bit of the keto flu yeah although it's hard to tell because I do get headaches a couple times a month anyway so it could have just been those but it felt like kind of that keto flu and then the first like week I had like no energy yes and it would hit like 3 p.m. Okay. And I would, I'm not normally, I have not taken naps in years and I just don't feel like I need them. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah, anyway, yes. um, and yes. I would hit like two, three o'clock and I would just feel like I had to sleep. Like I was so tired. Yes. So I did not love that, but that was the first week. But now the second week I feel really good. I'm, I'm glad actually you're saying that too. Cause you were like, oh, you have good energy. You feel good in your skin. I was like, Wait, I resonate with all those things. Like, I really feel good. I don't need tired energy. That's or I don't need naps. I'm not tired. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And I'll say about that metabolic that I didn't experience the keto flu. Mm-hmm. But you also mentioned that if you have an um, increased fat in your diet, then maybe you don't experience it as much. So with our chronometer app, I tracked it, and I had tons of fat. I just like crave that. And so I didn't feel that as much, but I agree the first week I was so tired. I just was kind of like bed early, out of bed's a little slower, but now mm-hmm. I'm like out of bed, let's go. Yeah. 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 Let's do it. And I think, yeah, I just overall, I feel really good. And I will yeah. say it's not difficult for me anymore. Yeah. Like I'm not yeah. finding it overly restrictive. I think the, yeah. literally the only times that I'm like, oh, this is kind of tough yeah. is when we're with friends. Yes. Or we go like, yes. like we're not just not going out right now. Well, we don't have a lot of money anyway to just go out all the time. Yep. So we're not doing yep. that anyway. We're saving. And then, but like we went out with friends and that was okay. But I just felt like yep. you gave some carbs away there. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and then yeah. like, if we go 
and have dinner with friends, that's actually been way harder than being at a restaurant because at a restaurant, I can pick and choose. Order your food. Yeah. Yes. But at, we've had several times now of having dinner with friends where they make us food and then it's like, yes. Like we had dinner yes. with friends the other night and I'm like, oh. 50% of this is stuff I can't have. Yes. And they're very like healthy people. So they, I just told them what I was doing and they totally understand it, yeah. but you still just are like, yeah, I'll eat a little of that. Yeah. Like, yes. And then I feel bad. Cause I'm like, you made this just for us. And like, yeah, yes. I definitely yes. went over that night because I just kind of yeah. like gave up, but that's yeah. been the only hard part. But with yep. Christopher and I just being yep. home yep. and making our own food. Um, yeah that's that feels really easy like I don't feel like I'm missing anything yeah. right now I'm not like missing the rice or the quinoa or the grains or yeah. the the starchy vegetables like right now I'm not missing them I will yeah. say I saw the sweet potatoes on our counter <gasps> the other day and I told Christopher I'm like that's the first thing I'm gonna have gorgeous sweet, <laughs> sweet potatoes I was yes. like the only thing I saw and I'm like oh I want that yes. but otherwise yep it's been okay. good okay that's interesting two thoughts on mine of the whether I feel like restricted or not here's two things for me I, so my body doesn't tolerate dairy well, and I can tell I'm craving like those fats and that dairy type of food, which I'm doing more of like the coconut milk fat or the coconut, like coconut oil, MCT oil, a lot of those to get my oils where normally if I could get it in dairy, I feel like that would satisfy and like satiate me more. Yeah. So I'm trying to fight it. Like literally last night I'm in my fridge. What's a fat I can eat that won't, you know, give me the shits like dairy would. <laughs> Dairy's really good for you. You guys, just for me, it doesn't, you know, okay, okay. So um, that's one thing that I do feel a restriction in because I'm like, dang it, if I could have dairy, this would be amazing. And cheese, like mozzarella, I would just eat mozzarella all day. But um, so that's one for me that I'm having to tweak. And next is, okay, I still have my little like sweet tooth cravings, right? And in all openness for any male listeners, (laughs) On my cycle, I'm in that time of your cycle where you just ravenously eat food and like no one can tell you no, mm-hmm. right? Like a couple mm-hmm. days before you start. So I am like ravenous in the kitchen. Like you cannot tell me I can't eat anything. Um, so I would do like the xylitol keto bites and the xylitol desserts. Now finding that those bloat me like crazy. Mm. So then the last three days that I've been ravenously eating like a raccoon in my kitchen, <laughs> I am so bloated pants because of my cho- choice of foods, because of my cravings. So that's kind of on me that I, I'm just like, no, I'm going to eat this keto bite. I don't care if it's all xylitol. I don't care. I'm going to eat it. You know, so I wonder too, that. for me, I get bloated. At, at that time in my cycle. Oh, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. it's hard to say. So like I have really advanced, really bad endometriosis and that kind of, that correlates. Oh my, yeah. It's So I have bloating all the time. Okay. Like okay. normally all the time. That's what's been really awesome on the keto diet is like literally like yes. every day I have bloating, yes. like an abnormal amount. And then towards the end of my cycle, it gets way worse. And it doesn't matter what I eat. It just gets like worse. But since starting the keto diet, I feel like that's really down, which to me is a really good sign that like inflammation is down in my body. Cause that's the big thing with endometriosis is it's widespread body inflammation. And when you're at like stage four, which is where I'm at, it spreads, it spreads to your other organs. So it's like body wide inflammation. Um, and so not, I haven't been having so much of the period pain and I haven't been having the bloating. So I feel like the inflammation in my body is down, which is interesting because I don't eat 
crappy anyway. So the only thing that's really different about how I'm eating right now versus how I normally eat is it's just way less carbohydrates. Less carbs. So I'm just wondering if maybe before it was just even with things that are healthy, like sweet potatoes or rice, like if I was eating too much and it was just feeding the wrong type of bacteria in my gut and just too much for them. And they were just like feasting and, and like maybe they were taking over and maybe I'm starting to get a better balance. I'm also eating amazingly because I know this is like one thing people don't love about keto. Yeah. Like normally it seems like it's low vegetable. I'm actually eating way more vegetables than I normally would because you're not there's no... Yeah. You, you can't have a sweet potato. Yeah. You can't have a bowl of broccoli. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And there's low-carb vegetables, like, that yeah. are the broccoli and the cauliflower and greens, yeah. like, definitely leafy greens and lots yeah. of cabbage and cucumbers and zucchini. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm eating way more yes. yeah. than I normally would because I have that gap in my diet that I'm filling. Otherwise, I'd be having, yeah. like, rice with it or, like, yes. lentil pasta or something like yeah. that with it. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah. So I actually feel really good, and I think the extra veggies are helping yes. with the inflammation, which yes. is, yes, I am a nutritionist, and I know that. But. Yes, <laughs> we put it into practice, and that's why we're doing this, right? Yeah. We put certain things into practice, and we also know as women that we don't want to do this long-term without carb cycling, That's which we'll talk about that, in, or that we did talk about in our intro episode of Keto Things. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now- Yeah, so go just, back and listen to that episode where we yep. talk about how to do keto the right way. Why we're doing keto. And why we're doing keto. Yep. And then kind of the differences between keto for men and keto for women and how that can be affected. So yep. make sure you listen to that if you're a woman before you jump into just doing keto. Yep. So more, more women in keto right now. I'll just be totally honest with you about my experience with keto and womanhood. Okay, so I should start any day and I'm on this new, I can tell my body's different, right? Like it feels a little different. My boobs are on fire right now. There is some hormone. I'm like, am I going to get bigger boobs? I have tiny, <laughs> tiny, tiny boobs. And I, God, you forgot that. Anyway, so, but now I'm wondering... If my hormone now are like cranking up my estrogen or whatever gives you bigger boobs, I don't know. My boobs are like a little bit bigger and it's like on fire. I don't know. It's so odd. I've never experienced this. I bet you're kind of just my hormones pendulum swinging. Okay. Because I've found that, I mean, I've done a lot of work to balance my hormones. Okay. And this diet specifically that we're on is like the Sarah Gottfried protocol. It is for rebalancing hormones. And I have Working. found when I mess with my hormones, they they get out of whack okay. first. Okay. Because technically the PMS symptoms like sore boobs and like bloating and craving yes. food. Yep. If you have balanced hormones, those shouldn't be happening. Right. Like isn't it Japanese women that don't have them as much as which that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I don't know. I've never we'll do a PMS. I've never a podcast. PMS podcast. Yeah. I did a study like they don't have PMS and and um I think it's Japan. Well, there probably because they eat so much fish. Yeah, right. And they don't have like they don't experience like the PMS. Like like I'm a monster and yeah. they don't experience the monster. Yeah. So the mood yeah. swings and all of that, like that PMS monster that we become, is actually a sign of hormonal imbalance. And so when you start balancing your hormones or kind of messing with them to balance them to me things get worse before they get better so i wonder if you're kind of in that like upswing or you're gonna end up in the middle and maybe you've been here and right now you're over here and you're gonna end up in here but that's what i found i mean i've spent like two years working with my hormones wow (laughs) yes it's a journey and there are like you start to notice just little things that you shift make a big difference yes so isn't that wild i bet all connected i bet that's what 
is you're experiencing of like some of those PMS symptoms are ramping. Yes. Maybe other ones are decreasing, but it's just kind of like balancing because progesterone and estrogen, there's a right ratio for them. And even within estrogen, there's good estrogen and bad estrogen that if the bad estrogen is too high in comparison to the good estrogen, then you have like a lot of issues with that even. So you can have good estrogen levels overall, but too high of the bad estrogen compared to the good. And then that affects your cycles differently. Anyway. Okay. So all in balance. It all has its place. It has to be in balance. Yes. But this diet is designed to rebalance hormones. Yeah. And the keto diet in general can alter your hormones A, because carbohydrate restriction can alter your hormones, which isn't always a positive thing, which is why women aren't supposed to be on keto long-term without, like you said, cycling. And then, um, but fat, all of your hormones are made from fat and cholesterol. And so if you're consuming more of that, you're probably giving your body more of what it needs to create. My body loves fat, man. I crave and And when I eat it, I'm happy. My soul, my... Body, every cell is happy when they eat fat. I'm mm-hmm. like, Kevin, yes. That's my husband's <laughs> name, just eat fat. Okay. <laughs> um, so I would say I'm enjoying, I need to figure out kind of like those xylitol, like to give myself, you know, those treats that are not xylitol, like something like, something like would be the coconut canned milk with a, some raspberry smoothie, sort of give myself those sort of treats. Mm-hmm. As, um, but I've had some very stressful weeks, so it's just like, I'm eating the keto cookie, whatever. Um, and I just know that's part of the journey and I'm cool, whatever. Um, I'm still in balance. So we're, so I'm just kind of learning that, though, to tweak it is kind of where I'm at. But Yeah, because those yeah. sugar alcohols like xylitol and erythritol, they can cause GI distress, which is why some people recommend staying away from them. I feel that. I feel that. That's a good recommendation. Yeah. yeah. So the ones I found that don't do that as much are like monk fruit is a good one. Okay. Allulose is a good one. Um, those ones seem to have less of that GI intestinal effect. I'll try a little monk fruit because to be honest, I'm not a purist in my food thing. I will have a little like treaty treat. Like that's just who I am. So I'm, I'll try monk fruit and just a little bit. I do like a tablespoon a day. That's all I need. You know what yeah. I mean? So I'll try monk fruit. We'll get, I'll, I'll report on that on our final. Which is episode. funny. Cause I was realizing when we did our sugar episode and we were talking about sugar substitutes, I don't think I talked about monk fruit or allulose. Oh, at all. allulose I've never heard of, but tell me yeah. so monk fruit's okay. Like monk just fruits, moderate. Yeah. I think monk fruit's okay. I, I just haven't read enough about it. And it seems like every time I read about it, there's conflicting opinions. Some yeah. people really recommend it. Some people don't. Yeah. The interesting thing I read, which could be like its own podcast episode, was I was reading that book, Drop Acid. That's the one by David Perlmutter. I love the name. That's funny. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> um, David Perlmutter is the author of Grain Brain. If you've heard of that book, that's oh, a really popular Grain one. Brain. So good. So yeah. he has a whole book on uric acid, which does not sound exciting or sexy. <laughs> but Talk but I've been reading it because it, uric acid levels affect things. Like we talked about all the Western chronic diseases in that sugar mm-hmm. podcast. Like we talked about the gout and hypertension and kidney disease and yep. heart disease and cancer. So uric acid affects all of those things and okay. high uric acid levels are associated with all those diseases. Anyway, so in his book, he said he recommends avoiding xylitol because xylitol okay. directly raises uric acid levels. Still affects your body negatively. And okay. he recommended allulose. Okay. Which I had heard of before, but not really in detail. And he recommended allulose, which is a natural sugar from fruit. It's most 
common in like figs and dates. Hmm, love those. Which yeah. those are super high in fructose. Yes. But they also have allulose. So they have two okay. forms of sugar in them. Okay. Fructose or more, I guess. But yes. fructose being the most common one, which is like why you can't have something like that on a keto diet because yeah. it's super, super high in fructose. But um, the al- they also have allulose. It's just in much smaller quantities. So when you buy allulose, they've extracted that sugar from those fruits. So it's a natural okay. sugar. And he said it doesn't affect your uric acid levels at all. And I've seen it recommended in okay. other keto circles okay. as a good alternative sweetener. So I bought some and I've been using it. And I would just say the biggest... It just is not as sweet. Okay. And so you need more. Okay. That's like the only thing. And to me, it has a little bit of a bitter aftertaste. And I went through, like I have a canister and I just would say I went through it a little bit faster than I would have expected just because it does take more. Yeah. But anyway, I like it. It's in my shopping cart now, in my brain. Yeah. The thing I don't like as much about monk fruit, just for me personally, this is totally a personal preference thing. I don't like the aftertaste. It does have a little lingering alcohol-y something. Something. And I can taste it. I mean, it's just extracted from fruit, so it's not like an alcohol sugar. It's not alcohol. Okay. um, But I can taste it like a mile away. Okay. So... I have to I have to moderate it. Okay. And actually I use it's good to know. It's good practical. This is good. I'll yeah. watch for it. And yeah. some people don't mind it. Like I'm trying to think maybe it's I don't know. I have like a couple friends that were like I told like I they gave me a protein bar and I'm like, oh no, I can't with like the monk fruit. Yeah. It like that taste is nasty to me. Yeah. And they literally just had no idea what I was talking about. Like okay. they can't taste it at Different all. Taste, but, yep. Like so, the cilantro thing. Yeah. I, mean, I can't handle cilantro. Yeah. I feel like if you want to test out whether you like it, don't buy a big bag of it. Buy something that has monk fruit as in it as the only sweetener. Yeah. Because if there's other sweeteners, yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. know if it's the only yeah. sweetener and see if you notice it. And if you don't notice it, you're probably fine with it. So when I get um, monk fruit, I get a monk fruit erythritol okay. blend. Erythritol blend. Oh, with the blend, so it's not as... It's not so overpowering, okay. which again, some people can't do the sugar alcohols because they can... Yeah, anyway, because yeah. they can cause some intestinal damage. So if you yeah. have like a sensitive gut or leaky gut, they're not great. Yep. I just don't do it a lot. I mean, that's the thing is like, I don't even, I don't have it every day. I have it like a couple times a week. And for me, it's not causing problems. Yeah. So for me, it's okay. But everybody has to kind of monitor their own self. But I will say, I know the change I made this past week that I wanted to mention on here. Okay. So I was missing in my diet. I was doing just a lot of meat, some Brussels sprouts and my keto cups or I don't know what I was eating a ton of eggs or something like seven eggs a day but <laughs> I mean like I am an extremist so that's like totally normal to do something like that anyway I was like I'm missing my cachava cachava if anyone does cachava we're gonna link it it is my favorite food like supplementy sort of thing it's like a breakfast smoothie with you know tons of berries in it and alfalfa or whatever is in it. it's gorgeous <laughs> anyway and approved by my nutritionist here um I missed it so much and I told Kevin I can't live without kajaba so here's what I did I'm ready I cut down the scoop I cut down a couple other things out of my diet to make sure I now have my half smoothie in the morning and I have never been happier okay so I made, that a, made a difference I need so that that was kind of something I wanted to say if there is a food that is so healthy for you and you love, like the sweet potato, you give yourself three bites of sweet potato a day to keep happy, right? Yeah. And, like, just account for that. Like, yeah. Um, so it, my whole smoothie in the morning is nine carbs with this gorgeous cachava in it. I add MCT oil, all this stuff. Anyway, point is, 
I then took out my afternoon snack that had carbs in it, and I replaced that with something with no carbs in it. I made it work to make my brain happy, and my body loves it. Which, that's an interesting point, too, I want to cover. So you're a snacker. Yeah. I'm not a snacker. Yeah. I am like, I don't, I just never have been. Yeah. So I'm curious. Okay, from... I'll just like describe for me, I'm satiated. I, I intermit, I inter, I'm a little, my brain's so much clearer. (laughs) I intermittent fast in the morning. I don't usually eat until noon, which I feel fine with. I have like tea or coffee and I do the brain octane oil or MCT oil in it and butter, which is still technically considered intermittent fasting if you don't have like coconut or carbohydrates. Anyway, anyway. Um, so I do that. I'm solid. Like I just don't even get hungry until noon. Okay. That's how I have been literally since I was a child. Like I never had breakfast as a child. I never was hungry. I never was hungry. And my mom didn't make me because I would get like sick if I ate it. Okay. Which was probably like a sign of something imbalanced in my body. Like it probably wasn't a great thing, but yeah. But so I've never been a snacker because I don't get hungry between meals and I get hungry right at the time that I'm about to eat a meal. Okay. But with the keto, I feel like I'm basically choosing to eat dinner. Okay. But like from lunch, I'm usually so satisfied that it is like, I I don't get hungry again until like 8 p.m. Okay. And I I can't eat that late. So yeah. I'm trying to eat later or earlier because I, I started eating later Yes. with the daylight savings and hours, like the daylight change. Then Christopher and I were like working outside all the time. Anyway, I was eating dinner at like eight o'clock and I'm like, okay, I can't do that. Yeah. But that's like when I get hungry again. So if Crazy. I have lunch at yeah. noon, which is like my first yeah. meal of the day, yeah. I usually have something like fairly substantial. I have like an omelet with veggies and spinach. Um, or like hard boiled eggs and smoked salmon and avocado. And so I do something fairly substantial and high fat, but yeah, literally right now it's like five 30 and I'm like, I, food doesn't even sound good, but I just, I have to eat. No, I'm just not hungry, but you're a snacker. So I'm curious, I'm curious if the keto, how that's affected your snacking, but it doesn't sound like it has. Like, you're still snacking. I would say it's, that's more conditioned in me. Like, I just love all day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to grab a snack. And I, but I will say, though, I wake up even in keto like I need food. Because hmm. I remember intermittent fasting is kind of part of this. That I should wait till 9. But my lifestyle with the kids on the bus, I got to go to my other job. Like, there, it's just like I can't not eat at 9. I got to be on the road, so I got to eat now. But it's also like a choice of like, and if I don't eat now, like I need food. Like I'm anyway, something is in me. that's like, no, I need to eat. Hmm. Um, so God bless if I can be satiated longer. This is where <laughs> I need to be, which maybe I've conditioned myself and maybe I just love to snack, you know, since like my life is all about food really. So yeah, <laughs> I like the obsession, hmm. but, um, that is interesting though. And just like that individuality of like, I'm a snacker. You're not a snacker. And that's all yeah. good. Yeah. 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 I was curious if that had changed at all for you, if you felt like you were less snacky with it, I. but I get what you're yeah. saying. Maybe it's more habit driven than yep. hunger driven. Yep. And now I will say that my, I just grab two little things and I'm good to go. And yeah. it's not such a um, process a little bit. Like I'll just be like, Oh, I'll grab like, 
one half of a beef stick and then I'm good. Mm -hmm. So it is, yeah, Hmm. might be an association, but I don't want to let it go. I'm going to keep it. Yeah. (laughs) No. And I think it's, I think it's fine. I just think everybody's different and everybody's like blood sugar is different. And for me, I just am. Yeah. I've never, I do get, but I do, once I get hungry at mealtime, I do need to eat then. Okay. I used to get really bad hanger. I don't really get that so much anymore. Yes. I just did, this brings up something. I just did the um, 23andMe um, DNA test. Yeah. Came back. Um, I'm like Northern European, Scandinavian, like all things I knew. Shocking. Like, well, yeah, why did I pay that much money? To, anyway, but this bit of I, I'm surprised you weren't 100% like yeah, Italian right? <laughs> and African. Right? African and yes, Levantine. Yes. I know, I had like, it says that all people have like, two percent neanderthal and i was like i really wish i was a higher number i mean that's why i eat i don't it doesn't matter but in it it said that i am less likely to get hangry my dna so there's actually like this dna could show you if you become hangry or not i haven't looked and, and seen that not. one i i like all of their reports it was it was interesting that are random like yes. whether your earlobes are detached or yes. like things yes. like that yeah they, were t- they though thought i would have brown hair in it all of them were dead on except for the brown hair and mine yeah. thought i would have straight hair no that was the only thing that was You're like anomaly inaccurate that it was like you are more likely to have straight hair and i was like i wish <laughs> no i love my hair i love my hair now yes, 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 as gorgeous. soggy and damp as it is yes like i law or curly haired girl no straight haired girls they all want curls i know curly hair it's like you wash it and you have to let it air dry and here i am like two hours later just still look at the volume and it's good well thanks i just feel like i look like a drowned rat of course for the people that just listening to the audio they don't care they don't care (laughs) our youtube listeners that's if you're wondering why my hair is wet that's why because i have to let it air dry it's gorgeous (laughs) touch it with anything and humidity kills it and (laughs) i have to use the exact right products and i can't rub it with the wrong towel it has its own special towel and its own special pillowcase can't wear headphones can't wear headphones (laughs) and i have to have a special like hair wrap that i wear at night so that it doesn't get messed up or tangled and when i was a kid my mom had to like cut tangles out of my hair yeah because i would like not it anyway (laughs) anyway and she didn't have curly hair she didn't know what to do with it so i i looked i yep it was it was rough the woman's plight i (laughs) i feel that i feel that what we have to do we're (laughs) off track but anyway 23 and me that's where we got there anyway so that's just interesting the dna of it um okay keto what was my thought I, i didn't want to forget this um okay about like you're saying like your mood or whatever yeah this is the biggest thing i have noticed um, is that I really do feel mentally sound. <laughs> if I can say that. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> the I feel mentally sound followed up by the hysterical <laughs> laughter. <laughs> I am not crazy. I feel <laughs> mentally sound. <laughs> <laughs> Answer, answer, crazy laugh. It was like like a witch just revealed her plot, <laughs> like her evil plot. Here's what I'll say in full disclosure to our our following here. I have a tendency to kind of feel a little crazy sometimes, just a little bit like, huh, life is harder than it should be. You know, you're mad hatter, a little mad hatter. Yeah, that's all my mercury feelings. Listen to our dentist podcast for that one. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like things that like. My husband triggering me that I'm just like, like going off on my husband for no reason or my kids. I am not really doing that enough. Mm. So where my husband was like, 
okay, you seem really chill. Like, it's all good. And I'm like, it's all good. What do I got to be mad about? Okay. Yeah. And when did that change take place? I would say week two, week three. Okay, week two, week yeah, three. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe, yeah. 10 days in or so. 10 to that 17 day in. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting because I've actually felt a little bit moodier. Oh, <laughs> than normal yeah but just more like impatient and snappy yes and so I wonder if yes I don't know maybe I do need to eat more often and it would help maybe my blood sugar is getting a little bit blood sugar connection there maybe my blood sugar is getting a little bit low have the fat so it's leveling that I don't know either but I tell you what my brain I'm clear like honestly I've kind of had a stressful week and I'm all right with that. Like, okay. It'll be what it'll be, you know? You're also doing the energy healing. I did lots of energy healing. That's very true. That is very true. In fact, I did my heart rate variability test with the chiropractor this morning. And I was in full rest and repair, which my body is normally in fight or flight. Wow. And I was good job. doing a lot of inner work. You've been, been doing a lot of stuff for all years. together, though. Yes. Like, I think it's yes. never just one thing. The That's dietary true. changes are probably really positive. Yes. You've been doing the energy healing. Yes. You're getting your toxic mercury fillings yes. removed. I just had my dentist appointment last week. Yeah. We're doing keto. We're doing keto. So right. it makes a big I'm difference. Doing therapy with all the, the... You're right. Maybe it it's really everything is that combined. Like holistic... I'm getting my whole life chi going. Yeah. And I, yeah, uh-huh. that is true. Yeah, it's all it's all together. It's that's all why connected. that's why I like interviewing people from other fields like the dentistry yes. and and I'm gonna um, hopefully <gasps> bring some psychologists on here. I want to bring my acupuncturist on here. I want to get your energy healer on yep. here. And I like massage. it's holistic. Yep. And I want to bring a, a sleep specialist on here because I think it's so important for people to understand all the we're aspects whole. we're a whole human yes. being and you can't just change your diet and yep. not change your sleep yep. not change your stress management yep. and expect to have good results yes. like you have to do exercise yes. you have to do the meditation you have to do it yes. all if you want the best results yes. you will have good results changing one yes. thing alone yeah but you will have the best yes. results if you make a lifestyle change that's one thing true not to totally switch topics, but I just was thinking with the sleep. This yes. is really interesting. Yes. I track everything on this Aura Ring. Ooh, we will also put that on our recommendation mm-hmm. I love the Aura Ring. I've used it since September of 2020. Um, and it tracks my sleep. So I've tracked my sleep now. It's 2022. So not quite two years, but yeah. a year and a half, I've tracked my sleep regularly. Yes. That is one thing I am noticing that is not a positive okay. with the keto was when I started going, I've always had really good deep sleep. So for adults, like as you age, your deep sleep naturally declines, your REM sleep declines, and oh. the quality of your sleep goes down. Ah, I thought you'd sleep more like a rock when you're older. No, you're you just sleep. <laughs> yeah, and actually, that's why I think so many old people, old people, older people. <laughs> older people. We love everyone. We love yes. everybody. Yes. Um, it just sounded derogatory yeah, to say old people. Yeah. yeah. Um, older individuals don't sleep as many hours per night. Just naturally their sleep declines because it's mostly light sleep. Anyway, I have always had really solid deep sleep. When I had insomnia, what I was losing was my REM sleep. So I would sleep like two and a half hours, sometimes three hours deep sleep, which at 33 is like unheard of. That amount of deep sleep, I mean, not unheard of. If you're working hard at your sleep, you can achieve it, but it is not natural. So I was sleeping like that. And then I would wake up at like 2 a.m. every night. was when I had insomnia, which I've now overcome. 
Um, but when I had that, I would wake up at like 2 a.m. and I'd yeah. be awake for like hours. I'd be awake from like 2 to 5. And it was crazy. So I was missing out on all the REM sleep. It was yeah. awful. And it yeah. was for like a year I dealt with that. Anyway. Yes. Um, so I was losing all the REM sleep, but I always had good deep sleep. But okay. then I balanced my life and I yep, got out of out of the stressful, toxic situations I was in. And I started sleeping way better. Yes. And I've been sleeping really well. And I'd been averaging about two hours of deep sleep and about an hour and a half to two hours of REM sleep. Okay. Every night. Then I started keto. Okay. And my deep sleep went way down. Dang. And I read that like not having sufficient carbohydrates can affect your deep sleep. Okay. And I think I actually, I can't remember where I read about it. It might've even been in Dave Asprey's like bulletproof book. Anyway, um, that is one of the things I noticed and it's started to improve. Like it's going up more. So right now I'm sitting at like an hour to an hour and a half, but that's really down from my typical like two hours of deep sleep. Yeah, yeah. And um, my REM sleep is staying stable. I mean, I never have great REM sleep. It's one of the things I work on all the time. But it's interesting because I also have PCOS. I'm like, it was like a hormonal mess. Anyway, endometriosis (laughs) and PCOS is not a great combination. But with PCOS, (laughs) one of the things that happens with that is decreased REM sleep like that's okay. really common and later night waking yeah. that's a common PCOS thing Whoa! so I've worked on my REM sleep for a long time and that's just always a work in progress and it always will be because of that condition yeah. but um anyway all that to say my REM sleep stayed like my REM sleep has stayed stable yeah my deep sleep has really declined it's improved a little bit since the beginning but it's okay. still not at what it was oh and I feel like it's the low carbohydrates and the yeah. last like week Every single morning. So the aura ring, when you wake up, it gives you like your morning report and it tells you like, here's how many hours you slept. Here's how many hours of deep sleep. Here's how many hours of REM. Here's what your heart rate variability was through the night. Here's what your respiration rate was through the night. This is how restless you were. This is how many times you woke up. Yeah. And then heart, heart rate per minute. Anyway, so it takes all those things and it forms it into a readiness score. And that's based off of your sleep and your heart rate variability and your heart rate itself, as well as your body temperature tells you your body temperature, um, or your variance from your baseline body temperature anyway. Yeah. And then if you don't have good, if none of those markers are optimal, it will give you a warning of like, oh, you have low readiness, like your heart rate variability wasn't very good, like you should take it easy today. Or you had an elevated heart rate last night, you should, you know, you might not have recovered from your exercise, you might have eaten too late. Like it gives you kind of different things to prompt you to think about, why did I have an elevated heart rate last night? Anyway, my heart rate is always super stable. My resting heart rate is like 55 beats per minute when I sleep. And the last week, it's been really elevated. And every morning, I'm like getting tired of it. Every morning I wake up and it's like, your resting heart rate was not good last night. You need to take it easy today. You're not recovered. Like, and my HRV is low. So I wonder if it's just, if it's the low carbs, like kind of starting to push my body. Okay. So it's good that we're only doing this for a month. We have one more week of this. Yes. I think, you know, I do think keto can be done sustainably long-term. But I think it's really this level of like hardcore where we're like 25 net net carbs a day. 
I think that's a little bit more hardcore. Yeah. I wouldn't do that personally long-term just because yeah. of how I'm seeing it affect my sleep. Yeah. And then that heart rate is yeah. really interesting to me that my heart rate is staying elevated. So instead of my usual like 55, it's yeah. it's hanging out around like 60 to 65. Yeah. Which is like not crazy, but it's it's an increase. And I think it's yeah. showing my body is under strain. So I feel really yes. good. I feel really energized. Yeah. Like everything feels great about that, but yes. just those markers, I'm really glad I measure them. Yeah. That is why I do this stuff because sometimes you feel good and that's yes. good. That's the biggest indicator yes. overall of how yes. you're doing. Yes. But if I wasn't measuring my sleep or my heart rate variability, which is decreasing or my heart rate, which is increasing, yes. I wouldn't know that it's affecting me negatively. Yes. And I think it's yep. good to be informed. I do. Knowledge is all power. And that almost shows me for you that like, oh, your best body might have an extra five cards or uh-huh. next to 10 cards or wherever you know as you said when we're done with this we'll increase our cards and see how our body reacts mm-hmm. so I'm interested to see where your sweet spot is kind of yeah so, yeah I'm curious maybe too. three sweet potato bites more a day is your sweet spot maybe that's why I like yeah. saw the sweet potatoes I'm like oh I your body sweet like, potatoes give me, give me. yeah and then the other thing is low carb for women in the long term can affect it can affect hormone production yeah. and fertility so again it's not been studied long term in women yeah. and the idea is to make a positive change in the right direction in the short term that then becomes sustainable in the long term for your body. And I'm really enjoying this right now in the short term. I feel feel good. good. And I honestly think I could probably cycle in and out of this like once or twice a year. Yeah. Like spend a month doing this and then cycle back out. I honestly was thinking the same. When you're like, oh, this ends in a month, I was like, oh, I don't want it to end. I know. But I, I think... I just because I feel good in my mood, I feel good. But I do want that five to ten to fifteen twenty extra carbs and to find my sweet spot too. Because you're right, I don't want to keep eating xylitol keto as my cheats and my whatever and tw- seven eggs a day. Like I need yeah. something a little different. So just how I the way that I eat. So anyway, yeah. With Sarah yeah. Gottfried, with the protocol that we're following, which is the Gottfried protocol then her thing is the maximum amount of time a woman should spend on this particular protocol is six months. Six months. And that's under medical supervision. Okay. Which, and, and also her protocol is made for women who are like kind of later, not later, but like 35 and up who are like maybe like they've had kids and their hormones are just a little bit wacky and they're maybe perimenopausal, menopausal. So it's geared towards rebalancing your hormones, but because I have endometriosis and PCOS and all these hormonal imbalances. Yeah. It's it's a good time to rebalance my hormones. Yes. Anyway, I don't need yes. to wait for perimenopause or menopause to start rebalancing my hormones. Yeah. Like Let's I'm gonna start now. now. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's been really beneficial in that regards. But yeah. all of that to say, if you're menopausal, you don't have to worry about your fertility. But okay. for women like my age, yes. you are worrying about that. I do want to have a family. Yes. So for me, it's like I I definitely don't want to test those waters and do it for too long because yes. I don't want to affect my fertility negatively. Yes. Whereas your hormones switch once you become perimenopausal or menopausal and it's okay to make those more drastic changes because yes. you're yes. not necessarily affecting something. Yes. Your hormones are, are completely, they're shifting anyway. Yes. And so that is like part of what I'm keeping an eye on too, is like, I know she designed this diet for women in those stages of life and not necessarily for women in my stage of life, but I've done a lot of research and it's also like beneficial for me at this stage in life too. And she said it could improve fertility too. So, And get you like, just get our body in balance and anyway, and see how our body responds and I love the journey. Yeah. Uh, and maybe too. I'll get big boobs out of the deal. So. <laughs> I've, n- 
I've never seen that as like a keto. Is that not? A, I'm gonna make it a thing. Let's a keto a t-shirt thing. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> keto gave me big boobs. <laughs> At least sore boobs. <laughs> At least sore, if not big. No, They're still small, but they hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, golly. Well. What a note to end on. What a note to end on. I think that wraps up our Keto Week 2 and 3. Keto Week 2 and 3. Hopefully this is informative if you ever want to try keto. And Mm -hmm. thank you for following along. Yeah. So then next time we'll do our Week 4 check-in, which will be the end of the keto diet. And we'll say kind of where we're, how we're feeling at that point and how we plan to transition out. And then we'll make sure, I mean, just like we've done in the last few episodes, just sharing any tips and tricks and stuff that have worked Yep. For us. In real life, real time. Yeah. Yep. And then maybe we could touch base on in that episode um, what you've done. Like maybe we could share some of our favorite meals. Love that. Yeah. Share some of our favorite meals yep. and some of the things that like products that we loved or th- substitutes yes. that worked really well. Yes. Anything like that that we loved. Yes. Oh, oh someone's calling. Get someone's out here. calling. Okay. Um. Yep. That's not important. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, just yeah. thinking you and I could share yeah. our favorite yeah. things, what what really worked for us, what substitutes sucked, like what yes. didn't work. Yes, what gave you gas. What, what, gave, gave, what yeah. gave you the poops, yes. whatever. Yeah. Spoiler alert, my recipes are going to have a lot of eggs in them, so yeah. stock your fridge with pasture-raised. Seven <laughs> eggs a day. <laughs> god cool all right well thanks for hanging in there with us renegades and have an awesome day have a good one go be renegades go be renegades thank you for listening to our episode on the renegade nutrition podcast follow us on all social media platforms and visit our website www.therenegadenutritionist.com Please keep in mind that the content on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for direct, personal, professional medical care and diagnosis. You should always talk to your doctor before you make a dietary or lifestyle change. Go be renegades!